And now let's get a closer look at some of the major headlines with simple keywords. Adam joins us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. The weather is warming up slightly, isn't it? <laughs> I hope so. It was very chilly yeah, in the last few days. So. <laughs> yeah, it has been. But uh, we are approaching spring, or the weather anyway. It. <laughs> happy spring eve and happy Friday to you. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our local listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. Rate freeze. So the Bank of Korea has kept the benchmark interest rate steady for the first time in 10 months. Does it signal a positive sign? Can we be carefully optimistic? Tell us the details. Uh, we don't really think it's a positive sign. I think it is just a temporary one at that. Uh, but it is a rate freeze nonetheless. And this comes amid mounting concerns and woes over slowing economic growth. Of course, if rates continue to keep rising, then there is that risk of bringing the economy even more into a recession. Uh, the central bank lowered its 2023 economic growth outlook for Korea as well to 1.6%. That's down uh, 0.1 percentage points, while it reduced the inflation forecast to 3.5% from 3.6%. Uh, mm. Now, the Bank of Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong noted that the rate freeze decision does not mean an end to what has been <laughs> more than a year of a monetary uh, tightening cycle. So that is a possible hint at more uh, rates to come, just not this time round. He said that most policymakers want to keep the door open for a further increase going forward. Uh, he stressed that it is too early to discuss whether to drop the policy rate. He also left the door open to increasing the rate to 3.75%, depending on inflation, uh, the housing markets, as well as the U.S. interest rate and other uh, relevant factors. Now, the decision to freeze the rate was not unanimous, with one board member voting for a quarter point rate uh, increase. Um, the freeze reversed a tightening cycle that began all the way back in August 2021, including seven straight rate hikes between April 2022 and January this year. There was a combined three percentage point increase in the base rate during that period. Uh, the current rate stands at the highest level in more than 10 years. Uh, in a press release, the Bank of Korea forecast inflation will continue to be above the target level throughout the year, although it is projected to gradually decrease when that will happen. Mm. remains to be seen. Analysts, however, said the BOK was more concerned about sharply slowing growth than persistently high inflation uh, in its monetary policy due to sluggish exports and private spending, which are the two main drivers of growth. Analysts said a rate freeze leads to prolonged concerns over a widening interest rate gap between Korea and the United States also. The one and a quarter percentage point gap between the two countries is the highest in 22 years. That's something that the BOK is also mindful of. It'll grow wider if the Fed delivers a rate hike in its upcoming meeting uh, next month. Now, backed by solid U.S. job growth data, um, the Fed is actually expected to raise its policy rates at least two more times to the 5% to 5.25% range. So we could see that gap widen if the BOK doesn't follow up with another uh, interest mm. rate hike. But the freezing of the one this time uh, is certainly looking as a temporary measure. Okay. With that, we stay in the economy section for our second keyword as well. Financial burdens. Inflation, high interest rates. How does this affect regular people like you and I? Korea's real household income kept falling for the second consecutive quarter in the fourth quarter of last year amid high inflation, of course. What's the latest? 
Yeah, the word real there is the important right. one to take note of. Uh, statistics career data shows the monthly average income per household with one or more family members stood at just over uh, 4.8 million won in the fourth quarter of last year. That's actually up just about 4% from a year earlier. Uh, the nominal household income continued to grow for the sixth uh, successive quarter. Excuse me. However, the inflation-adjusted real household income actually diminished 1.1%. That came after a 2.8% drop in the previous quarter. So there's been two straight quarters of this real income declining. Mm. Uh, this comes as household utility fees for uh, gas and electricity, as well as interest payments increased to all-time highs during the same period. Uh, profits earned through wages moved up about 8% on year to an average of 3.12 million won per month. Uh, the monthly average income from business operations remained unchanged at 1 million won due to higher prices of raw materials. Uh, but transfer income fell by 5.3% after the end of the uh, government's pandemic relief fund program that was aimed to help small merchants. Uh, meanwhile, the monthly average expenditure per household amounted to 3.6 million won in the fourth quarter. That's up 6.4% from a year earlier. Uh, consumption expenditure rose about 6%, but the inflation-adjusted real expenditure edged up by only 0.6%, staying below 1% for the fourth straight quarter. Uh, the country's distribution ratio for disposable income, which is a key barometer of earnings equality uh, between the rich and, rich and poor, reached 5.53 in the third quarter. That's down Five for, uh, down from 5.71 that was tallied a year earlier. A lower ratio means narrowed inequality in income distribution. Hmm. It means that the top 20% income bracket had 5.53 times more earnings than those in the hmm. bottom 20% over the cited period. So there is still that uh, income inequality between the two uh, classes of society um, and everything's getting more expensive so even though people's earnings are increasing mm. the actual earnings that we're seeing uh in real life and in our pockets is actually uh not so much uh of an increase in that respect right it's just worth less than what it was a year or two years ago that's the nature of inflation again we keep going back to our salary remain exactly the same so you tell yes. me <laughs> it's, it's apparently a share disgruntlement in various fields we stay in the economies section considering that we have a lot of headlines from there as you said adam we're a very expert relying country what is the driver of growth this is our third keyword of the day Boosting exports. So President Yunus vowed to achieve a higher export goal this year of $685 billion to break through the nation's economic woes. Can you run us through what the president said? Right, so the $685 billion target would be an increase of 0.2% year-on-year. So it doesn't look that much, but uh, that is the goal anyway. Now, despite difficult economic conditions, you noted that the country had achieved record-high exports of $683.6 billion last year. So it seems like there isn't that much of a need to increase the target by uh, too much. Now, this year... Experts predict a 4.5% drop in exports, in fact, due to the global economic slowdown as well as uh, falling semiconductor prices. However, the president emphasized the need to raise the bar from last year. Uh, now, the government has labeled 12 new focus areas for experts. They are divided into two categories, one for the government to work diplomatically to win overseas contracts, 
another for the government to invest in fostering their global strengths. So basically a matter of uh, working with uh, other countries and things to boost uh, here domestically as well. Now, Korea also plans to double exports of cultural content uh, to $25 billion by the year 2027, the so-called K-content, by expanding its overseas markets in the North America, the Middle East and Europe. Uh, Yoon stressed he'll encourage the diversification of exports by promoting what he called K-food and K-content. He called on all ministries to set individual goals and designate an official as well to oversee uh, export targets. Therefore, a total of 18 ministries and uh, agencies will contribute to export target expansion. Um, those uh, include uh, ministries that are not really directly involved in trade or exports mm. now the trade ministry meanwhile said the government will spend one and a half trillion one to support exports and provide up to a record high of 362 and a half trillion one in trade financing to exporters uh, the ministry said it plans to provide more tax cuts as well for chip makers and invest about three trillion one in research and development in lucrative fields such as chips and ai uh, Yoon also promised to expand tax credits for the manufacturing industry, uh, increase uh, investment in developing electric vehicle technology and increase financial assistance uh, for the shipbuilding industry as well. We must not forget that shipbuilding is also mm. another major export item uh, of Korea. All right, with that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Chip Tech Limit. So Korean shipmakers could face fresh concerns in its operations in China as the U.S. seems to be gearing up to limit the level of advanced semiconductors produced by Korean companies in Chinese factories. Tell us more. Yeah, so Alan Estevez, who is the Undersecretary of Commerce for Industry and Security, says the move is being looked at to prevent uh, the advanced technology from falling into the wrong hands, in his words. He did not he did note that the U.S. is also working closely with Korean companies that produce semiconductors in China uh, to help minimize the potential damage to their business there. Uh, now, Korean chipmakers were given a one-year license to continue producing their products in China uh, last October. That was part of U.S. export controls on semiconductors and other advanced technologies to China. So... If that license expires, then there will likely be a cap on the levels that Korean chipmakers can grow to in China. Mm. Uh, when asked to clarify, Estevez said the companies will be asked to stop at whatever layer they are at or somewhere in that range. This, of course, will deal a blow to the likes of Samsung Electronics and uh, SK Hynix, mm. the two top uh, chipmakers who do a great deal of business uh, in China. And so those companies will not be happy uh, with such measures in place, it could affect them for the next three to five years. Mm. And um, so uh, we'll have to see what kind of uh, lobbying they do to kind of get out of such a move by the US. So mm. they've been facing troubles. Uh, car makers as well, Korean car makers have been facing troubles with the Inflation Reduction Act as well. So it seems mm. like these there's a lot of policies and laws being implemented or being planned in the US that will certainly hurt Korean businesses. Right. Of course, the intent is not to hurt uh, South Korea. They have their eyes on countering China's growing influence, but we're the byproduct, aren't we? So is that fair trade practices? If the EV market is any indication, you can fight back. And it seems that the South Korean shipmakers want to at least extend that existing grace period. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our final keyword of the day. 
AI learning. I guess it's only appropriate. We've been talking up ChatGPT for weeks on end. So <laughs> yeah. adapt or die. The government plans yeah. to introduce AI-powered digital textbooks customized to different academic levels starting in the year 2025. That's only two years away. Tell us the details. It is only two years away, in fact. So it is quite an ambition goal in quite a uh, short amount of time. But the plan mm. is third and fourth year elementary school students and middle and high school freshmen will be the first beneficiaries. The plan will later be extended to all grades by the year 2027. So it's not all of them or all students uh, in two years' time. It will be gradually implemented. Mm. Now, the plan aims to meet different educational needs of students across various academic levels. It will do this by harnessing uh, metaverse, uh, AI, or extended reality technologies. Uh, the envisioned digital textbooks will be used for maths, English, and information courses uh, in two years' time. Once fully adapted, uh, the digital tools for studying maths will provide AI-driven mentoring to help students tackle the most difficult problems, uh, I knew I struggled with maths when I went to school, but this would have been a good policy or uh, technology to have when I went to school, but that was a long time ago. And, uh, those in English, for example, will use uh, speech recognition technology to aid listening and speaking exercises. Um, as someone who's taught English in the past, I mm. think this will be a useful tool as well uh, for the future. Uh, the ministry will decide also in May whether to expand the digital textbooks to cover more subjects. Mm. And the ministry said the plan comes amid shrinking school-age populations uh, and technology advancement. We are facing this demographic concern of uh, less younger people and yeah. more older people. So, of course, these school populations are shrinking, but of mm. course, technology advances as time goes by. So, they are just adapting to the time. That's right. And maybe we can have better usage for technology. It's funny because when we introduce something such as new, there's fierce backlash from, I don't know, educators that are already fixated on one way of teaching. We'll have to wait and see if this could be somehow a beneficial relationship with technology and teachers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I find it helpful. But I mean, who am I? Who am I kidding? I've, I've been out of school yeah. for years. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot of concerns that, uh, you know, there's been that whole lifelong debate of will AI take over human jobs? And of course, as you said, with <laughs> this implementation, does it mean a gradual reduction in the number of teachers as well? We'll have to see what they say about the issue. Uh, but for the moment, that is just a plan. We'll see how it has. To, uh, we'll see how it goes when it's implemented in uh, 2025. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a safe weekend and we'll see you next Monday. You too. Have a great weekend. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.